Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> I, what, what, what is your favorite part about Barbie Land? Fuck me, right into it. Um, favorite part about Barbie Land? Well, obviously just the fact that they all live right, all the girlies live right beside each other and see each other every morning. I want to live in a little commune like that, a pink yeah. little commune. A kibbutz. I love that every night is girls night. <laughs> yes. It's my dream world. What's your favorite part? Um, yeah, I like I like the houses a lot. I like the um, <laughs> the architecture, the waffle, the little love mm-hmm. heart waffle with the the little bit of whipped cream, um, which the New Yorker wrote in their review was butter, and I thought irresponsible journalism. <laughs> yeah, did you even watch the movie? That's crazy. Um, yeah, I liked that. Quite like the idea of a cute outfit being pre-picked for you. Oh, same. And it's just on you. You don't have to put it on. Yeah, I like the I, I like how um, Barbie just always looks good the minute she wakes up. Yeah. That's the dream. Oh, big glass of red coming in from the corner of the screen. The glass of red is here. I don't know why. I just need it. I just need it today. Yeah. In a nice way, not in a sinister a little treat. Miranda way. Yeah. Oh my god, I've been watching to to digress. I've been watching um every what's the fucking thing called? I keep going to call it every outfit and just like that. Me too. I'm I'm liking it more and more. I feel the opposite, but I can't stop watching it. Like, I mean, did you watch the episode that just came out? Define just um, I think it came out. Oh, I actually have no idea. Did you watch the one where Steve and Miranda finally have the big fight? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then Shay and Miranda break up. I was like, thank God. Uh, we all breathed a collective sigh of relief at that relationship being over. 
I like when Miranda stood up for herself to Shay. Same, finally. Finally. Been such a little sub. A gross little <laughs> subby woman. But yeah, stoked that that's hopefully over. I also liked the little, the really sixth in the city era man on the bike cameo. Same, same, same. That I was loved- the best part of the whole series. Yeah. It just felt so old school. I love that she just bumped so Carrie knocks a man off his bike in New York and which is also just funny she was like I've never do this in a bike lane like la 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 I know I've lived not here to forever. do this in a bike lane and then takes him to the hospital and then um they start kissing and then she just dumps him because he's in a relationship with his um tech bro startup co-founder that was I loved it. that yeah it just reminded me of why I loved the first like the original series so much this idea that there was always this this glimmer of someone being the perfect guy, meet cute situation. Then there's just like some weird quirky red flag about them and the, the cute little exit out the door. Yes. Um, it was so good. That moment in the most recent episode where she, um, which apparently was directed by Cynthia Nixon. She steps out in the snowstorm in the JW, uh, I'm sorry, the Valentino Moncler coat. I literally gasped. I was like, this is cinema. <laughs> We saw that. Do you remember? We saw it yeah. in, in um, Milan at that yeah. crazy rave cave. Um, and Charlotte running through the snow to get condoms. That was a yeah. good episode. It was a great episode. It was, and then it Carrie was really emailing cute. Aiden. I was like, here we fucking go. And we're about to get the Samantha cameo. I can't. We're spoiled. We're spoiled girls. But yeah, I have been like, I have had it on and barely looked at the screen while it's been on. Because I've just been like scrolling online shopping on my phone. I I actually quite like there's been this conversation about what's happened to Miranda. Miranda's lost her way. What have they done to this character? And I actually, I think it's really actually quite cool and groundbreaking <clears throat> that they're showing this really powerful, amazing woman that has through like motherhood and being a wife and middle age. What was that noise? <laughs> a fire engine going down my street. Going down my street the wrong way. It's a one-way street. These boys know no bounds. I know. Doing doing their duty. Um, I yeah, I like that they've done that to her. I, I think it's so realistic. I think it's like this ugly part of aging that no one wants to look at. People want this narrative of you get older and you're still like kick-ass Miranda and blah blah blah. And I just think it's like as women we do lose a lot of our agency and sexual power as we get older because society's fucked and it is realistic that a Miranda would like suddenly kind of not be the same as she was when she was 30 I think yeah it's it's not I mean it's to watch but it's real yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) I um wonder if she's gonna bust the girly from the beach they had some kind of flirtation going on oh yeah don't you think back to the beach back to the beach she goes that was hilarious when she lost her phone um, back to Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, we on Friday saw, we did the back-to-back screening. We opted for Oppenheimer first at 11 in the morning and then Barbie at 5.20 p.m., which I feel like was the perfect way to do it. It was also just very funny because I was sitting in the cinema at Oppenheimer, like, fucking 
trudging my way through the trenches by about like the two hour 20 mark. And I was like laughing because I was like, if it wasn't for Barbie, there'd be no way I would even probably see this film, let alone see it back to back on the same, let alone sit in a cinema for five hours the day before a 10 hour flight. I was like, what (laughs) am I doing? Mildly hungover. Mildly hungover. But like, I think... I had to have seen it. We had to have seen it that way because I, I just would not have handled seeing Barbie first because I was so excited about it and then going to the cinema. We just wouldn't have gone. We would have just gone yeah. out drinking. A hundred percent. What I loved to kick it off is we went, yeah, opening day in London. We're in Leicester Square and there was a lines round the block. I was having throwbacks to my working at Hoyt's days. <laughs> so many frazzled cinema employees this was their like d-day like yeah there was this they had had like big big team meetings in the locker room before they were let out to the world like it was it was chaos there was this man who's who's yelling to the crowd bordered on hysterical like he just kept (laughs) popping his head out because izzy and i i still didn't have my phone and for the people who are going to ask we didn't do operation recover phone sadly and now my phone is in Leicester mm. which is near Birmingham so we've got no chance of getting it back but um we we met we were meeting and this is the problem now if you meet you can't text to say exactly where you are so I just had like a couple of minutes waiting where we weren't in the same spot and this man was saying to people if you line up here to check your bag for us to check your bag if you don't need to check your bag, come up this way. And it's just like the first couple of times he just said it normally. And then he just started screaming. He was like, if you don't have a bag. <laughs> and all the new people in the line were like, what? <laughs> I know. By the time I arrived, I was like, what's happening? Very stressful. And I hadn't eaten anything. And we were meeting. And there's two Odians, like what the fuck, in the Why? square. Like literally a two-minute two minutes from each other you can see them so I was standing at the other one being like where is Grace where is Grace where is that silly little sausage I bet she's gone to the wrong cinema and then it turns out I was at the wrong cinema but hadn't eaten and was hung over so to run to Pret and I was was running to Pret like physically like literally running I ran past Lily Allen and I was like oh and then I ran back and then she was just in the line behind us going to see Oppenheimer with David Harbour is that a Birkin in hand hmm a Birkin a hand. knit. Very blonde, very chic. Very blonde, very, yep, gorgeous girl. And then, yeah, Oppen- what should we do? Should we talk about Oppenheimer? Should we talk about Barbie? I think we should we should recreate our journey and start with Oppenheimer and lead into the... Because what will happen is if we go the other way around, what's going to happen? No one's going to listen to us talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be like, tune in next week for Oppenheimer and from. We'll just never open the podcast again. We can be fairly quick with Oppenheimer, I think. We were in a massive cinema. I think they said it was 700 people. A man came out to do a little speech beforehand, which was random. Random Um, and confusing. It... my, My feelings on Oppenheimer are... I think it, there was a lot about it that was quite amazing in like a technical way. Did I love it? No. I felt like the first 30 minutes was so frantic. It felt like watching a movie trailer. It was like the music was so loud. It chopped so quickly. It was it was like so frenetically paced. And then all of a sudden it just slowed down to this like snail <laughs> speed for the randomest stuff, mm. in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I I was into it at the start because I was like, we've got Florence Pugh, we've got 
just him being young, I found really interesting when he was at Cambridge and that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, I, I agree. Florence Pugh was in and out, like a blink and you miss her, except her tits, which you will definitely see. And then she, like, barely speaks. She's she's gone. And then Emily Blunt comes in, and I was like, whoa, gorgeous. And then she barely speaks or is in the film. And then most of the film is about – I know it's about – him, which is fine, and the bomb, which is also interesting. But then it was about all these other random middle-aged men who I just... I, they were all just standing around in a room talking for so long, where I was just like... I did like the... I did enjoy watching the film. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't bored, but I was restless by over two hours. And then it just had me thinking for that whole final hour how they could have just cut it down so easily for it to have been two hours... It just felt gratuitously long. My my feeling with Christopher Nolan is that he's quite I feel like he's quite invested in people thinking he's smart. So like he tells this story which is just a great story on its own in an unnecessarily convoluted way, bringing in extra plot points, trying to make this broader message which I think was about how like basically just about how human ego got in the way of thinking about the ramifications of this technology that's like fucked up humanity but I just didn't find the Robert Downey Jr. thing that was meant to tie it all together I don't I just didn't feel that that hit in the way he wanted it to and sometimes as Barbie proved less is more like don't overcomplicate it you can still make a very profound point without having to like send the audience in circles and be like da 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 like it's it's for someone someone loves that style of movie a lot i just think it's not it's not for me yeah barbie coming out the same weekend as oppenheimer was the best thing that could ever happen to oppenheimer mm-hmm. apparently 200,000 people did the back to back we're in good company yeah so yeah and 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 just the whole thing felt very fun i think as in the back to back element around it i think that uh, Greta Goeg and Margot and everyone on Barbie really kind of um, they were the ones propelling that narrative forward of being like they they posed outside the Oppenheimer sign holding two tickets to Oppenheimer and posted that online to be like it's not a competition we're both seeing both and then Cillian Murphy got in on it and said he would play Ken and Bar- and if there's like a Barbie too and I think the way he would be Alan <laughs> yeah no he'd be our Ken he'd be like a nerdy yeah i'd be like scientist ken but that's only because i've just seen him in this nuclear bomb ken um he yeah i really liked that the cast were doing that because there's that big thing which i'm super not across but that thing with um is it warner and christopher nolan and they like hate each other is that to do with streaming stuff it's to do with something else it's to do with like something some deal or something. So there's actually like a really big rivalry between them. And I think that people were saying that the reason the movies are released on the same date was because Warner were trying to fuck over Oppenheimer. Right. Um, and then, so I love that like the cast and crew were just like, fuck this, we're supporting each other. And then it was just a very fun cinematic event. And I think it reminded me of, especially Barbie, it just reminded me of 
why going to the movies is the most fun activity in the entire fucking world. Every person, it felt like, in London, in the central of London, was dressed in pink. It was so cute. Boys and girls, everyone was pink. Everyone was walking past each other. Not that we saw this, so I have to admit I saw this on TikTok. But people were walking past each other being like, hi Barbie, hi Ken, hi Barbie, hi Ken, Mm. as they were just passing each other on the street. And then we went to the Curzon, and Curzon fucking went all out. It was it was lit up pink. They had pink cocktails. They were playing a soundtrack of like Charlie XCX, and we were drinking. I had drunk two huge Campari spritzes by the time I got into the cinema. I was like lit and ready to go. I mean, that's that drunk at a movie since the first Sex in the City movie. <laughs> yeah, that it was. It was such a win for cinema as an art form, and I think like as the, the all these like SAG strikes are going on and the writer strikes are going on and everyone's like fighting to make people understand why it's so important that like these creatives get paid properly and are treated properly. I think it was so nice to have this like very rare, like you say, I can't remember the last time people came out in force in this way to just go to the movies. And mm. the thing with Oppenheimer is whatever, like you could you could pick flaws in it or pick things you don't like about it, but it was like such a, like spectacular incredibly beautiful thing to watch and to see and to exist and the fact that people made a point of coming out and supporting that so massively and people were lining up on the streets and like you say with Barbie I just can't remember the last time a a movie I guess like the Marvel movies do that to their fan base but this felt like universal it wasn't a stan culture thing it was like everyone it's like people that don't normally care about this stuff and that's what was very very cool about it that they managed to do that I didn't know I didn't know that much about the backstory of Barbie and I think it is really interesting because this is what they they talk about in the film so basically Ruth Handler in the 50s realized that her daughter Barbara which is who Barbie's named after um needed a doll that wasn't just a baby and to be playing a mother as if that's the only thing a woman could aspire to be so then she created Barbie and obviously, yes, the first Barbie and all Barbies kind of have those perfect, perfect proportions. And the first Barbie was in like a bathing suit. But then all of these other versions that came after Barbies were chefs. There were pediatricians. They were flight attendants. They were soccer players. They were astronauts. They were presidents. And Barbie also, which you can kind of forget about when you're a kid or a little girl playing with Barbies, which I so did. Um, you didn't you never gave a fuck, which is obviously what the film focuses on but you never gave a fuck about ken it was never about barbie being married and having this family it was always just barbie doing her own thing ken was just her play toy and ken was just around we were like ken is an accessory to barbie and um yeah so like the film pulls that apart and goes into the ken narrative which is so interesting and so funny and ryan gosling does the most incredible job of playing ken in like the most campy way but also in such a serious way like he's not playing it comedically he's like it's like in succession with um tom how he's playing it like a very serious role it's not or like kendall you know it's not like we're in a comedy here it's like this is my life and this is very serious to me and that's he just does such an insane job um and so yeah obviously the barbie movie is all about kind of pulling that apart a bit and being like in Barbie land, everything is perfect because Barbie fixed everything and women rule the world and women are presidents and women are doing all this stuff. Um, But then about how actually in the real world, that's just, there's so much other shit and women just don't have it as good as 
you think in Barbie land. And I, I don't know, I think the biggest thing I, the biggest, um, I don't know, accolade or like success of this movie, I think, is as we say, like it was so universally loved. Everybody's turning out for it. And the whole way through it has this quite kind of feminism 101 to us, obviously, like the speech America Ferrera is giving is something that we're completely across and it doesn't feel really like that revolutionary for us to hear that today. But think about like how big this movie is, how much budget went into it, how many people saw it in like middle America, middle Australia, middle New Zealand, middle of the UK, like very conservative like people and also just such young women who are, who are getting that message. And like, yes, obviously we'll get into the fact that it's a toy company and who are putting this out. And ultimately it's about like consumerism and capitalism and this other way but I'm just like on a surface level that message getting out to millions of young girls is so great it's amazing and it's she did such a like in so many ways the more I thought about it afterwards it's it's this idea that like Barbie land when you're when you're a girl you're so naive and like Barbie land this idea of I'm gonna be a president I'm gonna be a blah 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 and things just happen and you just have beautiful clothes on and blah, blah, blah. The fantasy of being a girl um, and then going into the real world and being confronted with how different it is is really just like a metaphor for being like a teenage girl, basically, like going into the world for the first time and feeling all these things about what you imagine the world to be, which is so feminine and so tied around your friends and, and like – your childish ideas of things and then you go into the real world and you get catcalled and like weird even the thing with weird construction work is one of the thing one of the first things that happens when she gets to LA is like weird construction workers start catcalling her and I'm like that's the thing we all remember (laughs) as Mm. one of the first times you realize that you're being sexualized and I think what Greta Gerwig did was so amazing to watch as a woman our age and so fun and so smartly done but I also think it's such an amazing thing for young like young young girls to have as a reference point growing up to like have something that's helped them make sense of that journey yeah it's very special yeah same and it felt like such a Greta Gerwig movie through and through like that's that's every single theme in all of her movies the through line is examining kind of girlhood and womanhood and like touchstones that are formative to girls so you know like obviously Frances Ha mm. Lady Bird is her like it's very kind of um about Greta's own childhood and coming of age and exploring how she can come to accept herself and be the best version of herself and then little women the same it's like learning from their sisters about how they should be as women and Barbie reconsidering Barbie it's just cool so cool to see her now doing that on such a major level and Barbie is the biggest film in the world this year. So it bit out, um, what was the other one? I was like laughing. That it, oh, Super Mario Bros. movie, <laughs> which had 162 million. So, oh yeah, sorry. Barbie got 162 million domestic three-day total, which is the year's biggest opening. And that is huge for a woman to be the director of that. Um, it's just propelled Greta into being like one of the biggest, most sought after directors in the entire world, which is incredible and also like margot robbie deserves such oh my god yeah i know that it's greta's film but she deserves so much credit for this she was the one who went to mattel 
It's like you're, you're watching her as Barbie and you know that she was a producer, but it's like she literally was the one who went to Mattel, got the project, approached Greta and had Greta on her hit list as the first person she wanted to write it from the get-go, um, really pushed for it to be Greta and then like created this film, like produced it and everything. And I just think it's a great film for the girlies. Yeah, it's 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 just so cleverly done. So like to... to I think the biggest tension point with this movie is this whole question of the fact that it's about this very specific commercial product, which is a toy, and that they needed to get permission from this toy company to create this movie. So there's always going to be a tension between critiquing Barbie and what Barbie stands for and being able to create something that Mattel would ultimately sign over. And I think... Well, also more than that, Mattel is completely, they're one of the, they like produced it as well. So in the past with like Amy Schumer's Barbie, they had handed over the rights mm. and then they ended up canning the project because they didn't have enough say. So with this Barbie, they're fully involved on like every level. And the, the backstory is that the, yeah, the, the CEO, basically this new CEO had really, a kind of entertainment industry background and had really seen this opportunity for Mattel who also owns like a bunch of toy stuff like Hot Wheels and Uno and Fisher Price or something. A bunch no of... to the Uno film. Yes to an Uno film. No to an Uno film. I will film. write it. I love Uno. <laughs> what could possibly be an Uno film? <laughs> but um, so he had this idea of Barbie being the first in this like what they're calling everyone's calling it the age of ip movies intellectual properties like every single movie basically that gets made now um at least in terms of proper hollywood movies is based on some sort of product that people are already familiar with and it's 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 so it feels so cynical like it started with you know transformers and you have like fast and furious thing it probably didn't start with transformers but um, the idea of taking toys and turning them into franchises so in the Lego movie, there's been obviously all these superhero movies um, and it can feel it's basically made these companies a crazy amount of money. So he wanted to get Mattel on this bandwagon and what he they did by partnering with with Margot Robbie and her production company and then ultimately with Greta Gerwig was agree to do something that it seems like not many other projects have done, which is like trust a proper auteur style filmmaker to make decisions which oftentimes criticize the brand (laughs) mock the brand could be seen to be um you know diminishing the brand's credibility in the world etc there's stuff in there like it pushed the envelope far more than i thought it would in terms of certain scenes and like they called Barbie a fascist. They called Barbie a fascist. <laughs> There's like a scene where this 13-year-old girl just does this. It's almost like the elephant in the room, like getting the elephant out of the room. Does this big monologue of every single thing that every millennial and Gen Z could say they hate about Barbie. It's just set up front. The board is a room of essentially straight white men who are completely clueless and useless. They mock the fact that companies barely had any female CEOs. Like they say a lot of that stuff out loud. And Mattel have, like, obviously taken this punt on trusting that these, like, women that are helming the project know what they're doing, that it won't actually damage the brand. And that's, I think, what makes it feel 
even though it is an IP movie and blah, 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 it just feels so much fresher and more fun and more interesting than, I mean, I haven't seen the Lego movie, but (laughs) what I imagine the Lego movie is like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I loved, I mean, there were just so many parts about it that I loved. And I think it's funny because I just, I really enjoyed the film. I was trying to think of like, kind of criticisms of it to talk about here and I, I wrote down a few but they I just wanted to at first from the offset just be like I really fucking enjoyed it and I think it was such a great film for for such a huge audience because it's like they want kids they want adults they want women who grew up with Barbie and who hate it now they want young kids who are just getting into Barbie um or just growing up and teaching them about the world or whatever and I think they did such a good job of catering to everyone I think it would have been, there was just so many points of it where I'm like, oh, it would have been so cool to have gone deeper on just the kind of like, but then it wouldn't have been a film for everyone. But that kind of darker, mm. like, don't worry, darling-esque vibe of it could, would have been so cool to have just gotten a bit darker. And um, and I love how they talked about things like, I don't know, how what happens in, or what happens in Barbie land affects the sales in the real world. So Ken starts selling heaps when he flips out. And then they start selling depressed Barbie because she's depressed in the world. And that kind of shows how everything is consumerism. But then they don't delve into that at all. But I like that they they touch on those those points about like consumerism and capitalism while keeping it like light enough. Um, yes, I think in some ways it was t- it, it it had like I think this question of like the compromises an artist has to make when they're dealing with a commercial product. Cause in some ways this movie is like a piece of native content when we're writing in magazines, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you're trying to write a great story while ultimately being aware that there's this like brand, this protection of the brand that has to exist within it. And that, that can feel constraining. I think Greta Gerwig did the best job any single person could ever do yeah. doing that in this movie um but yeah there is there is inevitable things within there that I imagine how she feels as a human being and as a filmmaker think critiques that she would like to make or things that she would have liked to delve deeper on she just knew that she couldn't and I think it's I think it would be silly to put an extra spotlight on her than it would be to put on J.J. Abrams doing Star Wars or like Christopher Nolan doing the Batman movies or whatever you know it's just like yeah yeah, it's just Hollywood. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I I just think that like it's so amazing that now women have like men have with the stuff I just mentioned all these franchises all these things that are theirs <laughs> we're finally getting to see our things like that however imperfect they are however like complicated the history is like we're getting that these giant things for ourselves I just think that's so much more important than like the nuances of yeah could she have yeah critiqued capitalism in a deep you know what I mean the other thing which obviously they have to have been that way because it was Barbie and Kin but the film was like so gendered and obviously it was really feminist in the way that women ruled the world and then men came in and were fucking it up and being all like gross and blah blah and then they just reset it back to women ruling the world which I was kind of like oh and I think Greta actually talked about it in a Rolling Stone piece where she was just like she was kind of being like part of the idea about barbie land was is it good to have women women ruling the world is that a utopia and but then they do revert it back to women ruling the world but and you know barbie does say not every night has to be girls night so she is kind of giving a bit but i feel like they could have maybe Mm -hmm. given like michael sierra or something vice president or like something like that where it was just a bit more because we all know how young men are turning into incels in vast numbers these days yeah that was yeah I thought the same I was like that is that could have been a really interesting thing to look into like it does feel in some ways like that Barbie land thing is is I'm conscious of saying this because I'm so aware that like 90% of CEOs and fucking Supreme Court and like you know what I mean like men still control a huge amount of our society but it does feel like for our generation and below us especially there is this move towards this like more (laughs) utopia society where women are just thriving Um, or just us working together kind of thing yeah a bit more like men can be feminists as well kind of thing yeah it's like the right way for men to exist in that world feels like something we're all still navigating um yeah and this idea is so the idea is just so funny this idea that he goes into the real world and discovers (laughs) Like I the patriarchy it. exists it and brings so it back. Funny. He was like, patriarchy, patriarchy. I was like, fuck, this is good. And he was like, men and horses rule the world. <laughs> like the horses thing. I was like, what are you even talking about? It was so good. Yeah, the horses thing I was like slightly confused by. And then I, I read an interview or something where Ryan Gosling was like, I didn't get it straight away. But then Greta Gerwig was like, imagine just coming into like New York or London or something when you've never seen anything and just seeing how many like bronze statues there are of men on horses you'd just be like what oh (laughs) yeah it's so true (laughs) it's so random but so true there's like way more statues of horses than there are of women yeah that's very true um i'm trying to think of what else i found super funny i feel like michael sierra played was just so great as ellen yeah he was hilarious played the part so well Everyone was everyone was so great in that film. 
I also just love the soundtrack so much. I can't stop listening to it. I've got the Charlie song in my head right now and the Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice song. And this girl called Carol G, who I had no idea who she was, and now I'm obsessed with her. It was so well done. <laughs> what did you think of the ending? So there was like the scene with the played by Rhea Perlman, who's the best, the Mattel founder, Barbie founder, which you know it, it's like a it's a Hollywood blockbuster. So like some of the bits are like you know, it's very like tying it up in a neat bow in this in this way that's whatever. But the the ending was quite funny. The gynecologist. Yeah, I loved that. I loved the ending ending yeah. when Barbie goes to the gynecologist in her Birkenstocks. Um, but I found I found the bit the only one bit of the film where I was like this could be thirty seconds shorter was when she was talking to Ruth, yeah, and deciding to be a woman. But I liked it. I liked all of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to go see it again because I feel like I need to take more in. Yeah, me too. I think it was so smart that if we rewatched it, there's probably a bunch of things that we like missed the first time. It's just such a huge, it's such an amazing, like, I just am so, I'm just so obsessed by Greta Gerwig. I'm so obsessed by this idea of thinking about how to do Barbie in an interesting way and coming up with this concept of the Barbie dream world being, existing how it exists in, like, little girls' heads. <laughs> yeah. And, the like, that idea of Kate McKinnon and the Barbie that gets played with too much and is, like, weird and has it, like, it's just so genius. I saw a TikTok of this girl, like, looking out into the distance, being, like, thinking about all the Barbies I made scissor and hoping they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl went through a phase yes. of, like, how do you even know? Being demonizing our Barbies. I was, like cutting their hair off, scribbling all over their faces, ripping their arms out, but like loved them. It was just some fun we were having together. It's, yes. <laughs> it was always, like, was that at the point where you grew out of Barbie or was that just something that we just did to one specific Barbie at some point on a day we'd had too much sugar? I wasn't when I was growing out of it. I was just, yeah, I was like, just I don't even know because I feel like it wasn't it wasn't in the way where I was trying to destroy them or anything I was just I was I remember cutting their hair I don't know actually I think I was trying to destroy it I'm trying to go back to that feeling I remember feeling annoyed at Barbie but I couldn't interrogate it any further at the time and now I'm like the patriarchy beauty standards for women (laughs) um but yeah, I, I remember like loving Barbie. I played I played with it all the time. Yeah, I was trying to think about my. I think I was more of a Bratz. Like I remember having a Barbie. Definitely, I don't. And I remember having the Barbie accessories. Like when I was actually googling just out of interest, like what is Mattel selling off the back of this movie? That's very interesting. So <laughs> much you got stuff. <laughs> the Barbies are sixty five pounds. It's a lot of money. Just for a wait, the celebrity Barbie, the like ones with the outfits from the movie. You can buy like a bunch of different outfits from the movie. Yeah, that is that's a like hundred. I, I think, yeah, I think celebrity Barbie, celebrity Barbies. As I found out from one Miss Chelsea Fearless of Every Outfit podcast, when I went to her house on Saturday night and she had like a brain aneurysm and went downstairs and was bringing up boxes and boxes of <laughs> Barbie dolls, and she was like, "Now you can see the extent of my mental illness," and was bringing out like all of these different celebrity Barbies 
um, from movies. There's like Cher from one of her most famous music videos. There's like Barbara Streisand and her little sailor's outfit. She's got them all. Tippy Hedren and the bird getting attacked by birds. And those Barbies are like expensive because they're kind of collector's edition Barbies. So I think maybe that's what they're doing with this film Barbies. But it feels too much money to sell them for because kids will want them. Yeah. And they've only sold, surprise, surprise, stereotypical Barbie. <laughs> There's like the Issa Rae president Barbie doll and then the rest are just the stereotypical Barbie or her like five or six various looks. Yeah, which is like no surprise. And they're selling a Gloria doll in like a pantsuit. I'm like, come on, Mattel, you don't believe this. Who's Gloria? Oh. <laughs> the mom. The mom. Ah. Chelsea will be the only one to buy all of them. <laughs> yeah, America Ferrera was so good in it. Yeah, she was. She was fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the doll itself, it obviously has contributed to to the beauty standard, obviously. I don't remember feeling it in a super direct way, but I guess that's just how beauty standards work. Like to me, reading fashion magazines and seeing models was like a, has a far more visceral sense of like feeling the beauty standard. I don't remember ever feeling like I should look like Barbie as a child. Yeah, same. But also Barbie, like I think, I think more so than even her proportions, the fact that she was just like blonde and white mm-hmm. is is more is goes deeper Mm -hmm. because it's like her proportions are just whatever she's a doll but i think it's just her being like blonde and white and being that being like the ideal of perfect beauty would have fucked up so many people yeah and just that idea of walking to a toy shop and it's just like the the fucking shelf of it just a bazillion you know what i mean it's not just your personal relationship with it it's it's yeah yeah it's very interesting i also just like the idea i just i think we as a society now are at the point where we can like we don't need to scold the past so much we just need to like make peace with it and try and re rearrange our our sense of it and tell the story like we I think we can sit with the fact that like Barbie has has represented a lot of really bad things from the past and sit with the fact that like it's still a symbol of like girlhood that that is is complicated and nuanced and you know i i think we're like past the point of it needing to be a good or bad Mm. binary (laughs) we can just accept it's really complicated yeah exactly and i think i i've really i've from what i've read which is actually not all that much but i was kind of worried that people were gonna as we were talking about last week, go into it with these huge, crazy expectations of it being like, just, I don't know, deeper and darker and more intense than it, than it was. But I think everyone has kind of, from what I've seen, loved it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like if this movie came out maybe like two years ago or something, there would be this annoying, like hot take culture looking mm. to like, pick holes in it or whatever which you can just do with anything um but I feel like most I don't know I kind of feel like maybe we're out the other side of that and most people are just happy it exists and are just happy that like yeah exactly we live in a world where a movie like that is the biggest movie in the world and that the all these amazing women that are in it can be getting celebrated and that as we've said before this means more movies right like 
like women filmmakers will get produced you know that just feels so much bigger and more important than yeah anything yeah exactly than like Mattel making some money off it and it potentially being like a product to sell more Barbies I'm like I don't even fucking care great (laughs) sell more Barbies I also am like yeah sure sure sell more Barbies I don't even think I don't know. I, I feel like the ultimate winners out of this are like Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. I don't, like it's Mattel to a certain extent. And, and Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling. That they've <laughs> the remade Oscar. the image, certainly. But I don't think Mattel's now going to go on and have this like empire. I don't think the Uno movie is going to be, <laughs> you know? I know. Also, they're being so annoying. I'm like, just shut up for two seconds. Like, you don't need to be talking about how you're making an Uno movie now because you're just going to like annoy people more. Yes. It's like, if you just shut up and let the Barbie movie be a Barbie movie... And stop being like, and now we're going to make this one. And now we're going to make that one. It's like, yes, people are already talking about how it's a fucking corporation. And like, it's, you know, a corporate product that is being turned into a movie. And if you guys don't shut up, they're just going to focus on it more. Yes. Just, make, just quietly go about making your Uno movie. Oh, Hot Wheels movie. <laughs> the Uno movie. I can't wait. Everyone shows up dressed as a yellow card. Oh my God. I only just realized what Uno was. I honestly, Zach and I fucking love Uno. We play it like constantly. I thought Uno was the, um, what's that? Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube. I thought they were making a Rubik's Cube movie. I was like, what are you going to do? But also what are they going to do with an Uno movie? No, Rubik's Cube movie is like somehow easier to make than a No, I know. (laughs) I was like, yeah, there'll be like people trapped inside the Rubik's Cube or like (laughs) little tiny people moving every block around. Yeah. Okay. We're we're Greta Gerwig we've got to make an Uno script what do we do well I don't even know what the fuck Uno is tell me talk me through the game it's like the numbers are one to eight they're different colors it's like the easiest card game of all time you can get a wild card or a plus four or a switch hand and it's just whoever loses all their cards first wins um (laughs) how are they gonna make an Uno movie a I have no idea Get Christopher Nolan on it. <laughs> He'll fucking figure out how to have like 80 men sit around in a boardroom about it. A three hour movie. Congrats to the girlies. Um, yeah, congrats um, to the girlies. Great week. It made, I think it was Greta Gerwig was the, it's the most money ever made in an opening weekend by a woman filmmaker. Yeah. It's, it's also, yeah, it's that and it's, yeah, the biggest film of the year. And a lot of films have come out this year, surprisingly, that it bit, like Mission Impossible. Yeah, because I also think that we're in this moment where I think a lot of, like, I just remember when Avengers came out because I was working at Hoyt's and it was fucking crazy. And I remember seeing it and, and having no interest in superheroes and really liking the movie. And then just petering out over time with all the various ones they made after that. And that was a kind of similar thing in the sense like Joss Whedon was like a bit of an auteur and the respected filmmaker, etc. And I think that since then there's been this like progressive dumbing down and just treating audiences like they'll just go see any old shit if it's got a famous name attached to it. And I just think with the fact that Mission Impossible hasn't done very well and like the Flash movie that just came out is apparently like the worst box office disaster for Warner Brothers ever. Like, it, I just think Barbie is proof that audiences are very smart and sophisticated and like deserve 
intelligent people making stuff, even if it is a commercial product. And I think it... Yeah, and also know. something fresh and new. Like, this is the first Barbie movie ever. Yeah. Even though Barbie's been around forever. We don't need nine Fast and the Furious. Though I'm sure if I actually went to see Fast and Furious 9, I would love it. As like, don't need that many. love John Wick. Like, people are like, it's actually amazing. But I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, apparently, like, all of the cast... Like, Greta snuck into opening night in new york margot snuck into a opening night in london and just all watched mm. it like secretly around people enjoying the film and it would just be so cool to see that um what else i feel like we haven't talked about the funny bits in it like the bits where i was i was like laughing we mean you were laughing out loud so much and i think i forgot about how funny i don't know i hadn't seen a greta gerwig film in so long and i actually watched ladybird on the plane back to la oh, nice and it was it's so funny as well great. right yeah when she opens up the car door and throws herself out the car <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's so funny and just yeah I forgot that we would be I really forgot we would be like laughing the whole way through it and it, and immediately at the start was just laughing so much yeah that's such a good point it's like it, it had all this great messaging and everything was spot on and on point and it was very clever but it was just in the most basic sense of the word just like a fantastic movie just like so yeah so funny and enjoyable from beginning to end some did you say that someone was saying like it didn't need the metal scenes i really loved that but i love will ferrell i love him so much yeah i just have such a soft spot for that boy i know he's just got that old school comedic thing where like any line he delivers is fucking hilarious yeah him being the ceo of metal was hilarious yeah i can't remember someone said that maybe it didn't need the metal scenes but i was like i think it was important for barbie to be like can i talk to the ceo and he's like that's me and she was like coo and another guy was like that's me and she's like okay <laughs> where the fuck are the women it was so yeah what was some like brian gosling i don't like people saying he stole the show because i don't think that's quite right but he just like because everyone in it was so good but he was so funny he just acted it in a perfect way because he acted it so seriously like it was like he was taking on a very very intense drama movie that was where he was in his mind and i loved that he was just like there is no can (laughs) and like so serious Um, but yeah, I didn't steal the show. I, th- I, I mean, do you know who we could have just who I could have done with without seeing Dua Lipa? I was like, she was such a shit mermaid. No I mean, yeah, yeah, good singer. Good like, singer. why do all these all these singers like fucking Harry Styles have to just pop their way on the big screen? It was a cute cameo in a way, but I think she just, I think, sorry to be mean, but I think maybe she was just really bad, and that's why she's not in it much at all. Well, I don't do know. I was like, yeah, I thought she, it was she's... a bit random, but maybe it, I think it was just like she's going to be on the soundtrack. She probably said something about like how she'd love to be. You know what I mean? And they just like created this little yeah. thirty second thing for her. Well, yeah, and I think Greta wanted more cameos too. She wanted to get um, Timmy and really, Sasha, but both of them, yeah, to do cameos because obviously they were both in Ladybird and then yeah. Little Women, but then. So she wanted to just like carry on and have that in her third. Why didn't they do it? Film, but they they couldn't. I think there was like scheduling conflicts oh. or something. Disappointing. Loved all the sex education class. It was really like a time. What do you call it? Like a time capsule for when she started casting it. You know what I mean? Like there was like some Bridgerton girlies, some sex Crazy education girl. Many... Like it was. It captured 
this moment of what everyone was watching and being obsessed with at the time she cast it. Issa Rae was so funny. Her just her comedic timing. Yeah, she's she's so great. Everything she says makes me laugh. Yeah, so Um, good. um, But yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Um, I doubt anyone would have gotten to the end of this having not seen it. But if you haven't, make sure you go. It's your duty as a citizen (laughs) to go see this movie. I agree. Yeah. In the cinema as well. Because it's so fun. All we want in this life of sin is fucking chalk tops available outside of Australia and New Zealand. I'm not going to, like, I know. who do we have to we speak to? Rest. We, it was, yeah, we we really wanted the popcorn crispy M&M's combo. We're at an indie little cinema. Fuck, that's who right. don't sell M&M's for some unknown reason. Not, like, even on purpose. We wanted to be, we went to a huge cinema for Oppenheimer, like, yeah, 800 people. And obviously they had all, every every popcorn and candy moment one could ever wish for, but it was 11 in the morning, so we didn't actually have popcorn and M&Ms at that time. We were like, let's not make ourselves sick for Barbie. Then we get to this other cinema, and we wanted it to be a block, huge blockbuster screen as well, but even, like, three weeks before it came out, all the tickets were sold for Barbie. So we got great seats at a little indie cinema, that didn't sell crispy M&Ms and I was like speaking to the man, the busy, busy man behind the counter being like, I'm so disappointed. And he was like, I'm really sorry. You were like, can you stop talking to this man about the crispy M&Ms situation? And then we all got these little chocolate buttons and I was like, okay, at least what's good about the chocolate buttons is we won't eat them all mm. because I always make myself sick mm-hmm. with like a huge packet of crispy M&Ms and popcorn. So I just eat the entire thing. And then lo and behold, what happens is the girls eat the entire thing of chocolate buttons. And I felt so, so sick for the dinner I went to after. So sick. I was going to say, I can't believe you went to dinner afterwards. I needed a break. I went to dinner after and the the restaurant was quite, um, what's the word? Like heavy, kind of uh, creamy, rich, rich rich food. I was like, I can't eat anything. I feel sick. Why? Why would Chop Chops not exist everywhere? It's it's perplexing. It's confounding. It doesn't make sense. Like, I get in Australia and New Zealand, it's hot more. So maybe there's more of an appetite for ice cream. But, like... Hot more than Los not Angeles. Not even in America. Yeah. No. They have ice cream at every cinema, obviously. But it's like, I don't want any other ice cream. I don't want a Magnum. No. It'll make me feel sick. I don't want one of those no. little tubs ever. Never, ever. 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 All I want is a fucking Chop Top. I want a ball of vanilla covered in a little chocolate layer yeah a little cone a little cone i i literally dream of chop tops i was at the grove the other day the grove cinema not the other day but a while ago and i was making the guy walk back and forth from the ice cream plate because he just read out all these ice creams that i've obviously never heard of and i was like okay i'll take this one and then i was like no wait can i have that one no wait and he was like what the fuck and i was just trying to get the closest to a chop top humanly possible it's bizarre isn't it even like it's not a thing that's sold in supermarkets commonly who owns chop tops no one it's as in like what is the the chop top movie (laughs) what is the company like australia but i don't get it do they just make them at the movies yeah i used to make them by hand what i've spent hours and hours and hours what? and hours of my life making choc tops like i would say probably multiple weeks of my life 
Oh my god! I got repetitive strain injury from making choc tops at like the hoist. Wait, we should pre, go pre-bagged at the Dendi Cinema. They're like, handmade. These ones. Yeah, it's the same difference. Like, it, like that. It could be either. Wait, do you know what we should do? We should go to the cinemas. We should go to AMC and sell them. Get the idea stand. of a choc top. Sell them RIP. <laughs> Yeah. Teach them how to make choc tops, and then we take like twenty percent of every choc top they sell. Yeah, I'm into it. AWD's it's... new merch, choc tops. It, yeah, choc tops by AWD. Yeah, they're really missing out over here. Can't stop thinking about them right now. Can't stop thinking about <laughs> biting into a vanilla choc top. I know. Yeah, all I ever want is the vanilla one. Like the vanilla one with just the chocolate over it. That's it. Just plain. Just keep it simple. I, I remember once make... they were sold out and I got a boysenberry one. It was still yum. But boysenberry is nice too. Um, the ones I used to make at Dendi were like complicated ones, like Haagen-Dazs ones. Like I'd, we'd melt the chocolate and then it would be just Haagen-Dazs ice cream. So it would be like salted caramel and like um, co- coconut and yeah, different ones. And then you'd have to curve the thing properly, let them freeze for a while. Then you'd just do the dipping Put them in a bag. I can't believe it. I don't know. I can't believe I didn't know I that know. you made choc tops. That's so special. Made many a choc top. I know. I could make, whip one up for you now if I had the tools <laughs> tools on hand. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>